Seven. Seven. One, two, three, four, five, six. Wall Street. Wall Street. All right, it's suggesting up. I always forget. I'm, down. Down. I'm going down. Now down. it's going down. It's going down. This one's down, down and I got four hundred. Jeez, are you sure about that? Yes. Are you sure about that? A hundred million percent sure. Here we go. It's up, damn it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then it goes into the lottery. Welcome to Which Game First, where we boldly explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we unearth any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up, there's no need to find a parking spot to get our DVD fix as we play at home with Blockbuster. Next up, it's 2037. Boy, do we wish there were an Amazon Prime Red as we try to keep the supply lines running on Mars. And lastly, we're Wolves of Wall Street playing a game of dueling fortunes in easy money. I'm your host, Celeste Angelus. Now let's meet the rest of our brave and intrepid game explorers. Hi, I'm Evan J. Bernstein. The J stands for Just You Wait Your Turn. Hi, I'm Edward F. Povalides. The F stands for Fabulous! (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Mikey. G. Grenier, and the G is for Gregarious. Hey guys, there's a couple of things we want to talk to you about that we're doing that's new and fun. Our YouTube channel is really heating up. We're posting all our hyper unboxings. Mike, why don't you tell them what that is? It's where we check out a game and rip it open in hyper speed so you can see all the little components. It's really great for a fast, fun look at the game. Also, I wanted to say for patrons only, our patron-only Discord feed is also heating up as we post accompaniments to our patron-only podcast. Bonus points. Really fun links to fun things we're talking about on the patron-only podcast. You can check it out on Discord today. And as always, please leave us a rating, a review, a tweet, an Insta, a retweet, a shout-out, a mention, a heart, a smiley face, anywhere mention us in person down at the laundromat the local gaming store it really helps others find the show thanks for listening guys thanks everybody thank you on to the show our first game up this week is blockbuster published by big potato in 2019 number of players four to ten ages 12 and up playtime 30 to 60 minutes okay when we rented this game because all the copies of titanic were out what were our first thoughts mike I hope the right game is in the box. Ed? There's a timer for the game? I hope I don't accumulate too many late fees. Evan? Damn game won't rewind. I hope they don't charge me a fee when I drop it off in the night slot. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Yes, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I that more than one. Something's jammed in yeah. there. I can't get my video in. They're going to charge me a late fee. <laughs> if I don't get it in by midnight, they're going to charge me. <laughs> Quick. It is a trivia game about movies from the pre-on-demand era. Talk about a shoe-in for my favor. But before you get the air popper out and sit down to listen to the review, Evan, tell us how it's played. In Blockbuster, teams battle it out to become champions of movie knowledge. Each round takes place over two phases. First, in the buzzer battle, each team chooses a champion to go head-to-head. Teams are given a topic such as movies with dogs. One player starts the 15-second timer, yells out a relevant movie, then whacks the buzzer to reset the time. The other team is now on the hot seat and has to do the same. Whoever runs out of time hands the advantage to the other team. 
Then, in the Triple Charades Jeopardy round... Triple Charades Jeopardy round! Yes, that is a thing. Teams have to guess the movie while you have to give three different types of clues. The three types are act it out, use one word, or quote it. If you run out of time, the other team gets a chance to steal the movie. Now, the first team to collect movies from all eight genres wins the game, and the title, and the crown... And a lifetime of free rentals from Blockbuster. Oh, sweet. <laughs> you win, yeah, you win all the stocks from Blockbuster Video. <laughs> How did Blockbuster miss the Netflix boat? Oh man, they were already there. Oh yeah, yeah. they had the infrastructure already in place. They had the name recognition, and they just blew it. They they were probably laughing at Netflix. Mail your movies. Mail. No. <laughs> How are you gonna? You can't charge them late fees. How are you gonna make any uh-huh. money? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on to the movie as long as you want. What's up with that? Billion dollar company. <laughs> I love the look of this game. The game board is a parking lot <laughs> <laughs> with the sign with the sign that stands up in the middle. Yep. Yeah, the, the blockbuster sign, the classic look. It's cool. Mm-hmm. And there is a little spot on the board for each type of game style that you're going to have to present the movie in, either a quote it or an act it out. One word. One word. That is a tough category. Animals. <laughs> Babe. Zoo. Zootopia. Zoolander. Yes! Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. That was Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you how tough that category is. It's hard. How do you describe the whole movie with one word? Yeah. Ed Ed is terrible at that category. Let me tell you what he did here. Oh, yeah. Uh, He was trying to get us to to do uh, some Clint Eastwood movie or something, right? Like Good, Bad, and the Ugly. (laughs) And he used the one word of spaghetti. (laughs) <laughs> because he was trying to get us to guess spaghetti western, and then of all the spaghetti westerns, yeah. and that movie in particular, it's not the yeah, it is the worst. I don't know what I was going to try to defend. You can't there, defend that. That was the worst. I mean, you only have a short amount of time to do. That's true. Thirty yeah. seconds in that in that round. That's yeah. it. Yeah, but a one word is almost impossible. Oh, man. I, although some people did get it, mm-hmm. there were a couple of people. Uh, that were very good at this game. Mike's girlfriend. For oh, one. Serena crushed mm-hmm. it. One word is tough. You got to find a way to be specific to the movie, but you can also say a word in an accent. You know what I mean? Like if you're trying to get somebody to do a Sean Connery movie, you can say it in Sean Connery's voice and say the one word like Michel. <laughs> hey, that was pretty good. Red October. Hunt for Red October. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Anything you can do mm-hmm. to uh, dress that one word up will help. One of the cool things about it is if you win the head-to-head, you get all six cards, and you get to choose the three that you want to separate into those three categories, and then you pass the other three to the other team. That's the advantage we were talking about. And Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of strategy to choose which one you're going to use for which type of answer. Since you know you're trying to collect genres, you can say, well, they need an animation, so I'm not going to give them the animation even though I don't need it. Even if it's ridiculously impossible. You can block them. Uh-huh. <laughs> the game has a really retro feel. First off, it comes inside a Blockbuster VHS box. It does. Same size, same Plastic box. feel. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, same feel. Everything looks the same. It has stacks of cards and an old-fashioned buzzer, just like would come in lots of the 90s games, you know, where you tap it. Mm-hmm. The buzzer has like two modes. One is for you hold it down to do the timer that's for your whole round. Or in the head-to-head, it has one that is a 15-second timer that you slap it when you get an answer, and then back and forth, and that 15-second timer just resets 
with a quick tap. Mm-hmm. I like the timer start noise. It's a it's a honking horn. Bam. It lets you know. Yeah, exactly. Bam. That it's yeah. like you're in the parking lot and the person is taking too long to return the video, so you would honk the horn Bam. to get them to kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> oh man. What's taking so long? Beep, beep. I'm just still thinking back on the video cases and just looking at that sea of a wall of videos and wishing that you had one that wasn't there. Like, oh man, it's so yes. nostalgic. Yes. It was very nostalgic. The cards look like little VA. VHS cassettes. <laughs> yeah. And when you turn them over to read the name of the movie, it's in the spot where the title of the movie goes on a VHS. So it's very cool. It has these cheesy fonts for each different category. Mm-hmm. Like comedy has bubble letters and horror is all shaken. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. All those old fashioned fonts everybody used to play with mm-hmm. in Word. Yeah. There was one category of clue giving that was like, I, I was really thankful that the rules said this, but basically you're supposed to give a quote from the movie, but you don't actually have to use a real quote from the movie. I'm a police officer made out of metal. Freeze! Uh, (laughs) I love games that inspire raw creativity. And that don't hamstring you if you happen to not have seen that particular movie. It gives you an option. Yeah, it lets everybody participate, even if they've never seen the movie, you know, because some people aren't movie buffs. And even if you are a movie buff and other people aren't, you still can't give those deep clues that will help them. So that really helps out to get everybody involved. You know, it's a fun but frustrating part of the game. You're sitting there while the other team is acting things out and you're getting it while their team is not getting it. And you're sitting there because you can't chime in and grab those points. (laughs) Until the time runs out and then you can try to grab it. Yep. And only then. Yeah, you can steal. Like So the player one advantage is mitigated a little bit by allowing the second team to steal the ones that the first team didn't get. So it's it's kind of cool. If you pay attention to the terrible clues that the other team is giving, you can kind of double down and get a secondary clue from your own team. Any game that keeps everybody involved in all turns and all phases of the game is a, is a good game. I mean, it just is. It's well designed. Yeah, especially when it's a party game. Mm-hmm. And this oh, yeah. is definitely a party game. Like, oh, yeah. it says you can only play with up to 10 players, but come on. No. You can play with a room full of people. You know, I did say originally that it was only pre-on-demand movies, but they have (laughs) movies up to the modern era, too, because this is a brand new game. Yeah, Yeah. it's a brand new game, but it does a great job at making itself look like it's an old, ancient game. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and it's not so long ago that, you know, 20-somethings can't remember it. I mean, I'm sure some 20-somethings got dragged through the aisles of Blockbuster when they were kids. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Although I do have a problem with them putting the Matrix in the action category. It's action. Uh, It should be in the sci-fi fantasy category. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It fits into both. Someone made a judgment call. They should have had cards that were both. Like diff- two different genres so they can a score hybrid. on That's them. the expansion coming out next year. Yeah, that's right. Blockbuster expansion. <laughs> it's going to expand more than actual Blockbuster expands. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, everybody. It's time to dig up or bury Blockbuster. Ed? It wasn't as bad as I expected for a trivia game. <laughs> <laughs> Refreshingly, it doesn't have a roll and move mechanic. Yes, so nice that it doesn't add the race element. Good point. So if you enjoy movie trivia, you may want to dig this one up. Mike? I was pleasantly surprised at how much strategy there was, and yet still very simple to learn. Kept everybody engaged, and I love that, so dig it up. Evan? Yeah, this party game was better than I thought it was going to be. Lots of laughs and enough competitiveness to make it fun for any gamer. Dig it up. Yeah, come on, dig it up. (laughs) (laughs) Please. It's like this was designed for Celeste. Evan, where can you find this game? 
You can find this game right now at local stores and online. Yeah. Retails for about 20 bucks. Pick it up. They do not sell it at Blockbuster, strangely enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> if you have thoughts about Blockbuster, let us know. We would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear about old stories, like your favorite thing from yeah. Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember, you could buy candy, movie candy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Popcorn, That's right. candy. Oh, the, the, yeah, the microwave popcorn. <laughs> yep. We'd love to hear from you. We are at Which Game First on Twitter. Facebook and Instagram. Show us your old Blockbuster membership card. <laughs> Laminate. Yeah. Show us your unreturned videos. <laughs> <laughs> Admit your sin. Keep them. They're not coming after you. <laughs> Our next game up is On Mars, designed by Vital Lacerda, published by Eagle Griffin Games in 2020. Number of players, one to four, ages 14 and up. Playtime, 90 to 150 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, when this was rover dropped at our biodome bay door, what were our first thoughts? Evan? On Mars, no one can hear you scream, except the other players. Mike? We have a long way to go before colonizing Mars is a thing. Let's see how they think it'll play out. Ed? I'm ready to grow potatoes and science my way to victory on Mars. <laughs> Mars themed games have been really popular the last few I know. years. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the Venus themed games? Come on, there's none of those. On Venus. Let's see if this one can ride the wave to success. But before we start seeing red, Evan, tell us how it's played. In On Mars, players strive to develop the biggest, most advanced colony on Mars. <laughs> During the colonization phase, each player takes actions depending on which side of the board they're on. If you are in orbit, you can take blueprints, buy and develop technologies, and take supplies from the warehouse. If you are on the surface, you can construct buildings, upgrade buildings, take scientists and new contracts, welcome new ships, and explore the planet's surface with your rover. In the shuttle phase, players may travel between the colony on the surface and the space station in orbit. Once a total of three missions have been completed, the game ends. The player with the most opportunity points is declared the winner. Do you dare take part in humankind's biggest challenge? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Opportunity points. Wow, that's a new one. <laughs> yeah, on Mars, that's what they're called. They don't call them victory points on Mars. But it's such an Earth thing. <laughs> <laughs> they just have opportunities. There's no victory. There's opportunity. <laughs> wow. I was very scared when I saw this game being opened up and placed on the table. Why was it the 12,000 individual pieces uh, <laughs> inside? Is that what scared you? It has a great uh, intro with all the different pieces organized for you. Mm. <laughs> Ed loves organization. Yes, I do. I was really just worried about so many different areas on the board mm-hmm. to learn about. I mean, between the symbology and the so many locations and options, I was like, uh-oh. And they all looked very different. Mm. I mean, I don't mind a game with a lot of options, but they all looked like they had their own little set of mechanics. Well, they did. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Like, part of my struggle was that, like, there seemed to be a ton of options, but there were so many roadblocks in between you and taking much many of those different options. Games within the game, almost. Oh, I want to do this, but yeah, I need to do these five things before I can do that. And then those had barriers, and the ones underneath that had barriers. I was like, geez. It looks like choice, but there's a lot of forced activity. game like this, I'll have a plan A, and then I'll usually have a plan B. Mm -hmm. My plan A is not working out. I'll just switch gears and go to plan B. In this particular game, in On Mars, yes, I had a plan B, 
But in order to ramp up my plan B to get it going, it would have taken me so much game time to do it. It just would not have been practical. I think in this game, you kind of have to stick with your plan A and for better or worse. I thought the travel mechanic was pretty cool, though, like where the ship's leaving with or without you. I really enjoyed a travel mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah travel was good. Yeah. It, it's a really inventive thing. You had to make a choice there. It's a... Do I take the free shuttle ride over to do this other thing, or do I stay here? Cause there's a couple things I want to still do, but the shuttle's leaving now. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Ed really thrills to a difficult choice. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna be painful either way. It's gonna <laughs> be. It could be good either way. He loves struggling over those choices. Yeah, I do. I do not so much. <laughs> I hate and love them. I kind of appreciate that they're there, but also it's like, man, do I want to be stressed out when I'm playing a game? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, to me, that's to add to the the level of the challenge in trying to you know puzzle out the best way to use these resources because it's a resource management game in a way. You no, know, those roadblocks you're talking about are generally resources. Like, oh, in order to do this, this needs to happen, so I need to gather these resources. But mm-hmm. in order to do this thing, this other thing needs to happen. <laughs> right. The tricky thing here is you can actually let other players do some of that. But if everybody playing well, let the other person do, uh, do that for me, then everybody looking at each other, kind of hoping that they'll pull the trigger. Yeah. So there is some piggybacking which you can do. And I do enjoy piggybacking in a game. I enjoy, you know, making use of somebody else's build. Because why do the work when you can make someone else do the work for you? Of course. Mm-hmm. Right. I get that. And, there, and that makes sense. Like, to me felt a little Wild West in that way. And I like that, you know, to have that Wild West feeling on Mars made sense to me. It was interesting that it was kind of like competitive and collective at the same time. Like what what your actions do is part of the terraforming of the planet or whatever, but other people benefit from it. Yeah, because it is a cooperative endeavor. Everybody's effects in Mars. It's not just your little thing. Mm-hmm. Which makes Perfect sense. The theme was good and well used, Mm -hmm. but I felt like I needed to know almost as much as the real Mars scientists will need to know (laughs) in order to play this game. It was it was a little intimidating as a first time player because of that, Uh you know, need to plan so long term because you don't really know how the game is going to play out. You don't know what the effects are going to be in the long term. You don't know what all the different interactions are. Yeah, exactly. So for a first time player, it's very difficult to enjoy that. Deep learning curve. Yeah, this is the game that you are going to want to play a couple times in order to really get the nuance, all the nuances. So if you have eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> I did have the advantage of playing before we got our game on. Of course you it, did. Which is the case a lot of times <laughs> with Ed. Right. Yeah, we call it cheating. Go ahead. Ed has an A gaming group, a B gaming group, <laughs> yeah. a C gaming group, and a D gaming group, and there'll be somebody and, around to play with Ed. And, and it's really to our advantage. This way, we don't have everybody fumbling around in the dark. It's, it's true. Yeah, it's just it's Ed true. leading the way with the torch and the knowledge and us following behind him. <laughs> hey, you guys often win anyway, because yeah. you guys are quick to pick up, usually. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. Even though Ed had played it before, his head was buried in that rule book, <laughs> oh, yeah. which, again, it is tough to learn this game. Cumbersome. This might be one of the toughest games we've ever had to learn to play. It is one of the I more agree. complex games. Mm-hmm. And even for a Vidal game, it, it's fairly complex. And he is known for having complex games. He went to the next level. I feel like he was just trying to be complicated. <laughs> in that way, it's almost the opposite of Terraforming Mars. Whereas Terraforming Mars did feel busy like this game with lots of stuff going on, there was kind of a singular mechanic. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, in this way, it's almost the opposite. Intuitive is the word I'd use for terraforming Mars in comparison to this game. I agree. The, the symbology could use a little more explanation. I played another Vidal game recently called Lisbola. And everybody got their own player aid menu. It was a little book with a few pages and explained all the symbology and the steps in the game. Wow. And I think this game would have benefited from everybody having their own player aid instead of just the one big reference book. Because this way, everybody will be able to look at, oh, this symbol means this, and I can do this, and everybody can plan their turn. And I thought, oh, what did that little tile mean? Let me look it up in my own little menu. You know, usually a, a player aid is like a little card. You're telling me this is like an entire, like, mini rule book? Oh, yeah, for this bowler. Again, it's a, another one of his fairly complex <laughs> games. But because of the player aid, I was able to absorb and understand the game a little bit quicker. Yeah, that's the equivalent of on games you'll get a little player turn order card, something mm-hmm. like that. But it's usually the size of a card. Right. Step one, two, three, then four. This, you get a booklet. Okay, fine. Yeah. I, I, it's the same idea. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it makes Democker look like Monopoly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Remember when Demacher was the most complicated game we played? Yeah. <laughs> but at least they could fit all the references on one card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They do provide you a player aid card, which you can flip over because some of the stuff is about what you can do on the colony, and the other thing is what you can do while you're in orbit. That, that is helpful. It did help a little bit. This game has really has two layers. I, I was playing almost two different games, like a, a set of mm-hmm. a set of ideas while I was in orbit and a set of ideas while I was on the planet. And I had to make the two kind of work together. Mm-hmm. Very challenging. Okay, playing Mars. I've just, according to Ed, triggered madness. Madness! Madness! By doing what, Ed? What did I do? You upgraded the life support system on Mars. So, guys, mm-hmm. would you like to hear about all of the Mars-themed games that exist? Oh, my God. Yeah. Listen. Well, there's only three of them, right? <laughs> you know, just popular games, there's like 40. <laughs> would you like to hear some of the titles? Do you like r- rifle them off super fast. Like, blah, blah, blah. So I'll start with the earliest one, then I'll go fast. Mm-hmm. All right. Warriors of Mars yes. by Gary Gygax. What? Oh, yeah. oh, the so Gary Gygax? It's tribal wars on Mars. Wow, that's way in the future. It's a large-scale land and aerial conflict. Okay, from there, let's go. You ready? Mm-hmm. Ready. Brace yourself. Terraforming Mars, of course. Super Motherload. <laughs> Sky Galleons of Mars. Surviving Mars. Mission Red Planet. Mars 2049. Martians, a story of civilization. Wow. Mars is ours. <laughs> Mars is ours. Mars 2020. That must have been from a long time ago. (laughs) The future. (laughs) Life on Mars. First Martians. Oh, man. Warlords of Mars. Did we do that one already? That's probably a reprint. Dig Mars. Battlefleet (laughs) Mars. The Book of Mars. Destination Mars. (laughs) Cards of Mars. Oh, God. And one of my favorites, Planet Steam. Steampunk Martian game. Yes. Martian Rails. Oh, Martian Martian Rails, right. Of course, Ed. So there's plenty of ways to enjoy Mars. (laughs) Yep. Now it's time for Venus. Yeah, right. (laughs) Moving on. We're burning up. Yeah, that's right. 800 degrees Fahrenheit. Noxious gases. Everyone (laughs) dies. Next game. That's very tough to live on Venus. (laughs) Just a bit. That's a challenging game. That's all. Well, I'm sure Vital Lacerda could figure out a way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
The other thing that this game, I think, really brings to the table is its art and its components. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. I think it's gorgeous. No doubt about the it. The little blue rockets were cool. All the wooden meeples are all varieties of rockets and robots and rovers. Everything that starts with R. The chits are great. The hexes are great. The hexes are great. They nest with each other. They have a little notch in each one that helps them sit together. Very cool. And the wooden meeples aren't just a colored wood. They're painted on. I think we did a hyper unboxing of this. But yes, we definitely did. Yep. That'll be on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Check it out. And there you can see the cover by Ian O'Toole. And you can check out all the links that we were enjoying uh, regarding the show and things that are detailed on this episode. So we've got some On Mars links right in our general Discord forum if you guys check us out there. And I'm sure it'll link it right over to the YouTube channel as well. All right, everybody, it's time to dig up our berry on Mars. Evan? This is one of the more complex games we've tackled. I really love the theme, and I like the seemingly endless options. This game is not for the light gamer. They will get lost. But if you can survive playing once, your next time should be easier and even more fun. Dig it up. Mike? If you ask me right now today, I would say bury it. But I'm going to give it another try and see how I like it a second time around. Ed? This Lacerda game is a bit more complex than the others I've played. But the art and the theme made diving into its mechanics fun and rewarding for me. So I'm going to dig it up. And I felt like I could have colonized Mars faster than I could learn to play this game. (laughs) Too true. (laughs) So for me, I'm going to bury it. Not my cup of tea. Ed, where can you find this game? The Kickstarter reached backers recently. And it may be difficult to find a copy at your local and online game stores. I had a hard time finding it, but you can find it at egogame.net for about 120 bucks. If you have thoughts about On Mars, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can tweet us on Mars. <laughs> can you? <laughs> you got great reception out there. There's not a lot of cell phone crossover. Our last game up is Easy Money with a dollar sign for the S. <laughs> it's important. It's the only way to Google Smart it. Designed by Michael Gray. Published by Milton Bradley in 1988. Number of players, 2 to 4. Ages 9 and up. Playtime, 30 minutes. Okay, when we short-sold Milton Bradley just so we could get a cheaper copy of this game, <laughs> what were our first thoughts? Evan? No way. All the money comes in wads with money wrappers? What are we supposed to be, bankers? Ed? The wads of cash give some real weight to making it rain. <laughs> making it hail. <laughs> yeah, you could hurt somebody with those. <laughs> thud, 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 thud. Mike? Wait, the monetary unit in this game is wads? Yep. <laughs> yes. yes. Wads. <laughs> On the cover, it looks like Alfred E. Newman's smarter <laughs> brother. <laughs> and a cartoon dog in the background holding a stack of money. Not... The best start, but (laughs) before we start yelling, sell, 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 Evan, tell us how it's played. In Easy Money, your goal is easy. Risk it all to make millions. Greed is good. (laughs) (laughs) On their turn, players roll dice and move around the board sharing a single token. Follow the directions on the space, either doubling their current money, landing on or passing an Easy Money space to collect one or two million dollars, collecting a mystery jackpot, holding a lottery, or playing on Wall Street. All money is taken from the huge pile in the center of the board. The game ends when all the money is taken from the board and the player with the most of it 
wins, obviously. Ah, <laughs> I don't like that already. Grab piles of cash. I don't like messy piles of stuff when I'm playing games or poker or anything. I don't like the chips being spread out. This sounds like a nightmare. I know. You could have backed me up there, Mikey, because I got some opposition when I tried to stack up the money neatly. True. I don't think, yeah, we've never had so much contention in game setup before, I think, (laughs) than with this game. Evan and I were like, this is beautiful. Oh my gosh, it was wonderful. So brutal. It was so delightful. Just tossing piles. I'd like to point out that there's a German edition of the game called Money Money. Money Money. And the pictures I see of that game have all the wads nightly piled up in increasing <laughs> denomination, nightly stacked. always count on the Germans to be organized. The Germans like organization. <laughs> ah, to my heart. Yeah. So does the finish box. Nice stacks, which says Raha Kuin Raska. What does that mean? <laughs> I suppose it means easy money. This is a worldwide game. <laughs> shared in so many different countries each with their own you know idiosyncrasies <laughs> yes i love it our box definitely just has wads and piles of money and people running around the background with piles of cash in their arms <laughs> mm-hmm. the only time i've ever seen that is uh on christmas when dennis rodman had a bag of of money and he was running up and down Times square throwing money out of the bag so uh, the chaos doesn't stop at the pile of money. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Moving around the board is crazy. <laughs> I loved the fact that we, we all shared the same movement pawn. Yes. What? It, yeah, in a way, it's a cooperative game, sort of. So did the board just have a bunch of different types of spaces around it? Yep, that's exactly it. It didn't matter. You didn't have to have separate pawns because right. you're just moving to the next thing. Oh, what did you need them at all for? Why didn't the dice just say what they did on them when you rolled them? It was like a ghost base. So every time you passed it, the, the dollar sign, you got money. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. So more to gamble with then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there was a ghost base. And also, Milton Bradley, come on, they need a board. Right. Right. It wouldn't be a board game without a board. I mean, come on. They're they're big board. Did it have a jail equivalent space, too, and a free parking space? There is none of those jail spaces. Uh, It's kind of funny. If you look up the easy money game Mm -hmm. without the dollar sign, (laughs) it is a Monopoly-style game. Oh, wow. Yes, from the 30s. Yeah, 1935. It's based off the landlord game. Oh, yeah, the one that's accredited for being the predecessor to Monopoly. Right. Right, which has nothing to do with the delightfully... crazy easy money game that we played so there's a lot of wacky stuff to do in this oh, game yeah. you can play the lottery ah, i love that if the lottery comes up it's it's it was bananas the person who landed on yeah the person who landed on it got to get extra lottery tickets right so they had a better chance of winning and you had to bet whether wall street was going to go up or down that was the complaint in the stock market you got a card that tells you oh the tip says it's going to go up and you're going to well is it actually going to go up or is it going to go down so it's basically still a coin flip regardless right yeah <laughs> there was a chance that if you went along with the tip and you were right you would get a little money but oh. if you went against the tip and you were right, you made big money. And the reason is because going against the market was there were less cards. So there is some odds. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, it was just gambling with money. It was <laughs> playing the lottery. It was just random stuff happening that you could lose or win money oh. with. Sometimes you had to pay other people. Just like real Wall Street. Sloppy games. Ed's, Ed's favorite. So far, I'm liking this game. It has all the things that appeal to me. Yeah. Don't learn the Don't rules ahead of time. And make Ed, and make Ed Don't cry. Don't organize anything. 
the lottery particularly fun because you, you roll three different colored dice. Oh, cool. I love that lottery. Red, yeah. white, and blue. Uh-huh. Yep. You- and instead of pips, the actual numbers on them. And it represented it on the lottery ticket as, it, itself. It was a nice component. Because you have a, bun- a bunch of winning combinations on your ticket, and you're hoping that the roller makes your combination. So it's a three-digit number, one through six for each number, and you had to hit that exact number to win the lottery? Yes. In the right order? Yes, in the correct order. It had to be The white had to be correct, the red had to be correct, wow. and the blue had to be correct. But your lottery ticket has like 20 different combinations on a single lottery ticket. So you mm-hmm. had... Multiple chances to, to win off of any one roll. Did somebody always win? Did they have all the combos laid out? Each card was different, so there really was only going to be one winner from any any given roll, mm-hmm. because that's how many different combinations were possible. Okay. And and the jackpot can get really big, because all the expenses you pay during the game get paid to the lottery spot. So when somebody makes the lottery, oh. it could be like, yeah, you get like $20 million. So that's like the free parking cheat in Monopoly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in this game, it makes a lot more sense. It's cooler, actually. I like that. It's very cool because you're looking at your card and it's exciting. It's like looking at a real lottery ticket. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It... And you win wads of money. It excites those regions of the brain, which... People in real life have these sort of, you know, fixes with gambling and other and other things. Oh, great. So, so you're saying it's a slippery slope into actual gambling. Well, <laughs> you know, I'd be careful for maybe some people out there. <laughs> you may not want to play this game too, too much. <laughs> and if you do have a problem, there is a phone number you can call Easy Money Anonymous. <laughs> Did the uh, the wads of money have different denominations? Like one wad is worth a thousand or whatever. Yes. Oh, that's cool. 100,000, 500,000, 1 million, 2 million, 5 million, 10 million? Wow. A single wad of money worth 10 million. It was $100,000 bills. <laughs> it's just piles of money. Just big old fat piles of money. That's cool. I particularly like the Ruble Cat, a little funny stuff in there, like way to annoy opponent when you're winning. <laughs> For example, <laughs> use the money to fan to cool off. <laughs> <laughs> Sniff different money wads every 30 seconds. <laughs> so they definitely were doing their best to inject all the humor and like uh, right. and competition. Oh, yeah. In this oh, yeah. That's totally cool. lighthearted. When does it end? Do you just get to the end of the board and call it quits? When all the money runs out in the middle. There are no more wads of money in the middle. The game's over. Yeah, enough things are happening, Mike, that that pile does dwindle down over the course of time. And I think we were done within 30 minutes. It was pretty mm-hmm. relatively short game. Yeah, it seems like the, the right amount of time for a game like that. Because, like, even all the negative stuff that happened, all that paid into the lottery, so somebody's going to get it from the lottery. That's great. So all the money gets distributed one way or another. Yep, absolutely. Look at that sloppy pile of wads of cash. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> sloppy. No, no, no. You want to order it neatly. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not this time. All right, everybody. It's time to dig up or bury easy money. Evan? For a game that's pretty much all luck-based, this was still a fun game. It scratched my gambler's itch in so many ways. Fun times. Dig it up. Ed? It is fun to push your luck with big wads of cash. But I didn't find quite enough substance and excitement to get me to want to play again. So I'm going to bury it. 
I mean, what are the kids going to love more than grabbing piles of cash <laughs> out of the center of the board? And some adults. <laughs> this is definitely a keeper for family games. And I had fun with just uh, grownups. It was, it was a fun time. Uh, I definitely could get some more plays out of this. Dig it up. You can get copies of this game online. It's old. So, you know, secondhand markets, 10 to 18 bucks or... Like I did, two bucks at the thrift store. Yeah, and it got pre-wadded for you. It was. It was pre-wadded. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> nice touch. If you have thoughts about easy money, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you've done. If you'd like to also get our exclusive podcast for patrons only. Bonus points. Bonus points. You can go to our website and click on Become a Supporter today. If you get a chance, please leave us a rating, a like, a review, a heart, a, a shout out anywhere. It really helps others find the show. Join our chats on our Discord server. There's always great links there. And thanks for listening. Happy gaming, explorers. Luck be a lady tonight. More money, more money. <laughs>